What do I do? I wake up late, tell the boss I had car trouble, backdate some reports to cover my tracks, take a buddy to lunch, charge it to my business account. Wake up late, backdate some reports, take a buddy to lunch. Lie, cover, deceive. Lie, cover, deceive. Lie, cover, deceive. You think these sins are avoidable? If you ask me, I think they're absolutely necessary. Well, I'm super glad to have all of you with us today at all of our different live churches. Those of you from countries all over the world at Church Online, you are part of our family and our network churches all over the world. We love you all. We love your pastors. Uh, we love partnering with you. Uh, today, before I tell you about our new message series, I need to pause and thank God that at our church on this weekend, believe it or not, at our 17 locations, we are baptizing everywhere, and we are celebrating over 1,100 people publicly standing up and saying, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. To, uh, to all of you all that are being baptized, we love you. Congratulations. Some of you, we're holding you underwater a little longer because, quite frankly, you need it. We want you to know that your sins are forgiven. You are brand new. Everybody is welcome at this place, and uh, we celebrate with you your public testimony of your faith. Today, we are starting a brand new four-week message series called Necessary Sins. Some of you are like, what is necessary sins? Well, there are some sins in this world today that everybody would agree that's always wrong. These things are always bad. There's the big sins that in our society people would say, you know, rape, always wrong. Murder, that's wrong. Stealing, wrong. But unfortunately today in our culture, there's another category of sins that some people would say, well, these are more acceptable. They're a little more understandable. These are kind of respectable in our culture today. Some might even say they are necessary. Now, even though they may be more acceptable, that doesn't mean that they are right in the eyes of God. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to look at four of the more ordinary sins that many of us just rationalize and say, this is kind of just a part of doing life but we're going to look at them from God's perspective. So each week what I want to do is I want to pray with you a very powerful prayer that David prayed in Psalm 139. We're going to pray this. It's verse 23 and 24. And if you would, would you just read this aloud with me and allow this to be the prayer of your heart. This is our prayer. Let's all just say this together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. O God, point out anything in us that offends you and lead us along the path of everlasting life life. Point out anything in us that offends you and lead us on the path of everlasting life.
As I introduce the topic for our first week, I want to tell you a story. This is kind of an old preacher trick that pastors have actually played on churches for years and years, and I was actually the victim of this prank back when I was in high school at First United Methodist Church in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I was not uh, following Christ at the time, but I was hurting um, because of my sinfulness, and I was uh, kind of intrigued about spiritual things. And we were going to church, but I was not committed to Christ. And so the pastor said, hey, what I'd like for you to do is read uh, a verse, a chapter of the Bible for next week. I want everyone your reading assignment is Mark 17. And I remember thinking, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read it. I want to read it. I'm going to read it. Done. And so Monday came, Tuesday came, Wednesday came, Thursday. I forgot, came back to church the next week. And the pastor said, I want you to raise your hand if you did your reading assignment and read Mark 17. Now, I didn't do it, and I don't know why I lied, but because I wanted to or something without even thinking about it, my hand just kind of went up. How many read it? Like, I read it. I read it. Now, that's a big lie, okay? Not only did I lie, but I lied in church, okay? That's like a lie on steroids, all right? <laughs> and so... The, uh, there were only two other people that raised their hands. I was like, wow, this is hard to believe. No, I did this. And the pastor was like, I can't believe that there are only three people who actually did the reading assignment. I want to take a moment and honor them. So can I get those three people who read Mark 17 just to stand up, and we're going to applaud for them. And so I'm kind of standing up, and I didn't do it, but I'm kind of feeling proud because I'm up and all these other hosers are sitting there and didn't do their Bible reading. And they're clapping for us, and he said to sit down. And so he said, what I want you to do is now grab your pew Bibles and we're going to read this together. And so uh, we didn't carry Bibles. They had these Bibles in the seats in front of us in the pews. I don't know what a pew is, but it's a seat. And so I grabbed a pew Bible and I found the book of Mark. Then we're looking for 17, Mark 14, Mark 15, Mark 16. <laughs> Luke 1, Mark 16. Like, who tore the page out? Where's Mark And the pastor said, there is no Mark 17. Today, my sermon is on lying. <laughs> so if you ever think highly of your pastor, there's the truth about me. I want to talk to you today about the subject of lying. And just so I don't feel so alone, all of our churches, how many of you have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Right, leave them up for a minute. I want, you, I leave them up. I want you to find the people whose hands are not up in the air right now, point at them, and just call them a liar. You big, fat liar. You liar. Because the truth of the matter is, I mean, lying is one of the first things we learn to do. You never have to bring your kid in and say, hey, guess what? Today, we're going to have lying lessons. I'm going to teach you how to lie. I mean, your kid will just come in with chocolate all over his body, head to toe, chocolate ever. Do you eat the chocolate? No, I didn't eat the chocolate. And you don't have to teach that. It's just kind of hardwired into our sinful nature just to lie. And the interesting thing is that we may even kind of laugh about a story where we get caught lying or we all admit to doing it. But just because it seems acceptable in our society does not mean that it's acceptable to God. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Our God hates lying. God hates lying. In fact, Proverbs 12, 22 says, 
The Lord does what? Everybody say this aloud. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in whom? He delights in those who tell the truth. The Lord detests lying lips. In fact, the word in the Hebrew language that's translated as detest, this word, it means something disgusting. It means an abhorrence. It means to make nauseous, okay? We may not think much of our lies, but it makes God want to vomit. That's how much our God hates lying. And very likely, it's because of who his enemy is, Satan. John 8, tells us that Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. This is interesting. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language. For what is he? He is a liar, and what is he called? His title is, he is the father of lies. That may be why God, one of the reasons he despises and wants to vomit whenever he gets around lies. Many would say it's just a part of life. It's just kind of necessary to get by, but God would say it makes him want to vomit. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about really a couple of big things. First, I want to talk about how it is that we lie. Then I want to take it down a, a step deeper into our hearts and talk about why we actually deceive others so that we can be transparent and allow the Holy Spirit to do a cleansing work in our lives. Well, let's start with the how, and then we'll talk about the why. How do you lie? Let's look at three different ways. The first is rather obvious. The second two might not be as obvious to some. The first way we lie, if you're taking notes, is this. This is obvious. We lie to others. We lie to other people. Jeremiah 9, 5 says, friend deceives friend and no one speaks the truth. We, we lie to other people. Now, the bad news is, ladies, according to research, believe it or not, you lie an average of three times a day. Three lies. That's an average of a thousand times a year that a woman lies. That's pretty bad. Now, men, before you sit up all proud, You lie twice as much. <laughs> the average man lies six times a day. I don't know why. Maybe he's lying to women to try to impress them. Or his buddy said, you ought to see the fish I caught. Well, that's nothing. You ought to see. And try, try to talk six times a day, the average man lies. Yeah, you know, I, 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 instead of saying I overslept, well, the traffic was bad as I was going to work. Instead of telling the truth about how she looks in those pants, you say something else. I don't know what it is, but we lie on and on and on. And we kind of laugh about it sometimes, but God wants to vomit. Now you may say, okay, Craig, you told a lie, you know, back when you were in high school, but as a pastor, you know, certainly you've outgrown that and you don't lie that often. If only I could say that's true. And I just got to be honest with you. I mean, just, just recently, this is, I mean, it, I can't even believe I did this. I serve on the board for um, a nonprofit organization and I serve with some of the leadership giants in our world today, honestly. I don't know why I'm on the board. I guess I'm like the token pastor or something. But uh, we, we've got the, uh, the guy who's the most published author in leadership in the history of the world. We've got the guy who invented DSL. Uh, we've got a guy who is a psychologist and business consultant to the top um, business corporations in our country. We've got a guy who serves on three boards of three of the top ten 
most profitable co companies. I mean, these, are guys, these guys are giants. And so they're all uh, at this meeting in California, but because of my schedule, I couldn't be there. And so I phoned into it, and it went longer than I expected. So I'm on, I've got my phone with my uh, earbuds in, and we're talking. It's an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and I'm contributing some, but I thought, yeah, I haven't worked out today, so I'm just going to get a little, little workout in during this call. And at my house, I have one of those old-school self-contained gyms, not, not one of the more modern, quiet, Bowflex-like bending things, but we're talking about the ones with the loud weights, you know, the old-school thing. And, and so I just would put it on mute, and I was doing back that day, and so I'd work out my back. And then every now and then I'd unmute, and I'd say something spiritual just to contribute to the <laughs> quality of the meeting, and then I'd mute it back and do another set. Well, evidently, I forgot to hit mute. And I was on my final set of lat pull-downs. I had the most weight on there, and I was just cranking it out like, Clank! 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 And suddenly, <laughs> it got quiet on the other end. And someone said, Pastor Craig, are you okay? Do we need to send help? I looked down like, He's not on mute. And I'm holding my breath, trying to let it down quietly. And they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, I said, of all things, what was that? <laughs> I was worried about you all. <laughs> they're all like, really, really, are you, are, are you, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. <gasps> Try not to breathe heavy. I'm fine. Total Totally fine. I, I, what was that? Was that a squirrel dying in California? I don't know. <laughs> and I just bold-faced lied. Okay, now, I've already confessed it to two of them, and two of them listen to these podcasts. I haven't told them yet, but since you're listening now, I'm sorry. <laughs> I lied. I was working out. Have mercy on me. Please forgive me. I might do it again. Okay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know and, and it's just, you know, why would I do it? There's no reason to do that. And yet, out of just this kind of defensiveness, my first reaction is not tell the truth, but oh my gosh, I need to protect myself. And so I lie. We lie to others. Another way that we lie, that some people never really think about this, but we also lie to God. We lie not just to people, but we lie to God. In fact, in Acts chapter 5, there's an interesting story when all of the believers, they were actually selling their possessions, and they had agreed that they would give the money basically to help out anyone who was in need. And this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, decided to do something a little creative. Rather than give all the money, they said they would, they decided to hold some back for themselves and Peter confronted them and said this, Acts 5.4. Peter said, what made you think of doing such a thing? This is interesting. You have not just lied to human beings, but who have you lied to? He says, you've lied to God. You didn't just lie to people, but you also lied to God. And I don't know how far to take this, but you could extract from this story that if you are misrepresenting truth to your Christian community in one way or another. You're, you're, you're deceiving those around you, other brothers and sisters in Christ. Then at one level or another, you're not just lying to them, but you're lying to 
God. And the more you learn to lie to others and lie to God, before long, you're not just telling lies, but you're actually living a lie. And that is where the darkness gets really, really dark. We lie to other people, we lie to God, and then a third way that we lie, many people never think about this, but we also lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves through and through. In fact, I love uh, David's prayer in Psalm 119, verse 27, when he appears to be grieving over something and he prays, help me understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. He says, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Then verse 29 is really powerful. He prays this. Everybody say it aloud. He prays, keep me from lying to myself. Keep me from deceiving myself. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. And quite honestly, there are too many times in my life to count when I actually would deceive myself and start to believe my own lies. The reality is, I work with people all the time who do this too, that, that they don't see just how deceived they are. A lot of times, everybody around you might say, you know what, you've got a problem with this. You're like, ah, oh, no, 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 I don't have a problem. I don't, I don't have a problem at all, okay? Everybody says I'm a drunk, I'm not drunk, I just, I just like beer. You know, yeah, everybody else says you got a problem and you don't see it. Well, I can quit at any time. Or a lot of times in, in a marriage relationship, one person will say, I'm not the problem, it's all her. I'm not the problem, he's a you-know-what. I'm not the problem. And what you don't realize is you're part of the problem and you're deceiving yourself. One of my biggest fears, if I can just say as humbly and as gently as I can, that there are some of you who are deceived and lying to yourself about your own standing with God. That you're, you're saying, hey, I'm okay with God, when the reality is, my great fear is there are some of you who believe that, but you're not truly following Christ. And the reason this scares me so much is two, number one, is because that was me. I mean, that was me. I was, girl, I was a president of my youth ministry and did not know Christ at all, totally and completely deceived. And the second reason is more personal because when I interact with some people from our church, there are some where you can just tell that God is doing a work in your life. I mean, there's like this conviction of, of what you've done wrong and you're, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're overcoming sin and you're living for a higher calling, and there's a, there's a sense of spiritual destiny and, and purpose in your life, and it, it comes out, you, you, you can't have a conversation without seeing evidence of spiritual progress. There are others, and we'll just be talking, and you know, as a pastor, I typically ask sometimes, you know, so how are you doing spiritually? And, and my own church sometimes just kind of glazes over, like, well, you know, we're busy right now, we got a lot going, and I'm like, no, 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 how are you doing spiritually? And, and the more I dive in, tragically sometimes, I cannot judge a heart and will not, but I just don't see any spiritual evidence of God working. I don't see any fruit. There's no, there's no sense of being directed or transformed by the power of the Spirit. And I just have to say sometimes that really scares me because that was me and I was there 
I thought I was okay because I'm kind of trying. I'm going to church a little bit. But I didn't really know God. I was deceived. In fact, John said this in 1 John 2, 4. I mean, it's a sobering verse. Whoever says, I know him, whoever says, I know God, but does not do what he commands, that person is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. How do we lie? Well, we can lie to <clears throat> other people, we can lie to God, and we can lie to ourselves. To overcome this, though, I want to get to more of the heart of the matter and talk about not just how we do it, that's relatively easy, but I want to raise even a more difficult question and ask, why do we do it? Why is it that three or four or five or six or seven times a day we find ourselves believing the lie that a lie would be better than the truth? Why do we lie? For some, yeah, we might kind of slip into what I'd call make life easier lies, like uh, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, or I want to make myself look better, or I believe this will help me get ahead, or whatever. For others, once we start there, lies typically begin to snowball. The more we lie, the more we're tempted to lie, the more we can't find the truth, and before long, we're not just telling little lies, but we're starting to believe the lies, and we start to live a lie, and our life has very little integrity, if any. So I want to ask, why do you lie? Years ago, we did a, um, a message series called My Secret, and we released this uh, website called mysecret.tv, and it got national media attention, and, and it kind of went viral, and there were like millions and millions of anonymous confessions of what people's secrets were. And I, I kept a file of some of the interesting ones to me, and I had a file on lying. I, I pulled that out, and I, I wanna read you three of the confessions that help you really see why people lie. Uh, this first uh, person said this, my whole life I've struggled with telling the truth. My problem is, here's the why, my problem is I hate to disappoint people. So if I failed them, I lie about it. I also lie because I'm trying to impress people and to convince people to do something I want them to do. I've even lied to women in the past to get them to sleep with me. This next person said this, I pretend that everything in my life is perfect, but the truth is I hate myself and most days I wish I would die. My family and friends don't have any idea. No one knows that I think about killing myself every single day. Tragic. This third uh, lady says this, she says, my husband thinks I was a virgin when we were married. Not only was I not a virgin, but I had an abortion when I was 19. Now, we can't get pregnant, and I'm afraid God is punishing me for my lies. Please pray for me. I don't know what to do. You, you can hear the pain in these people as they're stuck and caught and don't know how to get out of their lives. What I want to do is ask you to do something that admittedly is a little bit challenging, and you may not immediately be able to give me a response or write it down, but I want you to think about this and ask yourself, why do you typically lie? Why is it that you believe in the moment that this lie would be more effective than the truth? Think about it. Some of you might say, well, I do it mostly to protect the feelings of others. Some of you might say, I do it to make myself look better. 
Some of you might say, I don't really like the truth, so I don't like what's going on in my life, so I say something else because I think that's better. Some might do it to impress other people. Some might say, I'm afraid of what other people will think if I told them the truth. For me, when I really get down to the root of why I lie, I have to just say, I tend to think that my lie is better than the truth. In other words, it's better for me to lie and say, I don't know what happened, than to say to my friends, I was working out during the call, and for whatever reason at that moment, I think it's better. I think that, I think that my self-conceived lies are better than honoring God with truth. And believing that is one of the biggest lies ever. For example, I may think, okay, if I lie, it'll bring me security. The truth is, the more I lie, the more insecure I am. And the bottom line is, you cannot build a life of integrity on a foundation of lies. I may think if I lie, it'll get me more of what I want. But the truth is, if I lie, I have less of what matters most. I may think to myself, if I lie, then you'll like me more and we'll have a better relationship. But the truth is, we cannot have a real relationship based on lies. So what do I have? I'm believing something that is untrue, that is stealing from me that which I desire most. Why? Because we have a spiritual enemy who is called the father of lies and wants to distance us from truth so the more lies we believe, the more lies we tell, and the less truth that lives inside of us. I would ask you, why do you lie? Let me explain it to you like this. Imagine this. Imagine that right here is truth with a capital T. Truth with a capital T. God's truth. Imagine right here is me. This is my true self. Okay? This is not, not the self that I show you because I'm trying to show you, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. I've got integrity. Uh, this, is, this is what I really know. This is the, here's all the bad stuff with me. The more distance there is between real truth and my true self, the more I feel like I have to lie. I, I've got to because I can't let you know, so I lie to you, I lie to God, and I'll even lie to myself because it makes me feel better to justify all the faults that I have. The more distance between my true self and the truth, capital T, the more I feel like I have to lie. But the more I start to believe the truth about who God says I am, because truth is not just an idea, truth is a person. Truth is Jesus. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And the more I believe what capital T, truth, Jesus says about me, the more I stop believing the lies which distances myself. And he says, I am forgiven 
When I believe that, it's a step toward truth. When I believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, not based on my own merit, but based on his victory on the cross, I am a step closer to the truth. When I believe that his freedom sets me free, I am closer to the truth. When I believe that I am who he says I am, not who you think I am, I am a step closer to the truth. I get closer to the truth, not by what I do, but first by what I believe. My actions follow my beliefs. And as I step closer to the truth, capital T, suddenly I don't have to lie because I am closer to the truth. And rather than believing that my lies help, I know my lies don't help. Listen, I don't know about you, but when you lie, it gets scary because you can get caught. When I remember in, in college telling so many lies, I couldn't even remember what the truth was. I'd say one thing to this group, another thing to this group, and, and all the time, like, over my back, who's going to catch me? And here's what happens. The more we tell the lies, the harder it is to believe the truth. And we continue to lie and lie and lie and lie and lie and step away from the truth. But when we believe the truth, then you know what Jesus said in John 8.32? This is what he said. He said, and you will know the what? Somebody help me out. He said, and you will know the truth, capital T. And what will the truth do? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. So if it's as little as every day make life easier, common white lies. Or you've been living a lie, deceiving those around you, looking like one person and knowing deep down you're someone else, and all along afraid that you may get caught one day in your lies. All you need to do is start believing the truth. Believe you are who he says you are. Believe what he says about you. And when you believe who he says you are, you're stepping closer to the truth. And when you get to the truth, the truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. So, why do I lie? Because I'm not believing the truth. Because I'm, <laughs> because I'm believing that, because I'm over here believing that my lies are better than being loved in the security and the grace of my God. And so today and every day when I wake up, I call on him. God, help me to be who you called me to be. Help me to know the truth about what you say about me. Help me to believe your truth and overcome the lies. I don't want to believe the lies of the evil one. And the more I believe his truth, the closer I am to Jesus, the less I feel like I have to lie, the more I am aligned with him, and his truth will set me free. And the same is true for you. His truth will set you free. Father, I pray today that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would do a healing work in our lives, God, that we would look to you, that you would forgive us our sins, make us new, transform us. By your grace, God, help us to believe the truth so that we would overcome the lies that bring bondage. Let's take a moment and you pray.
at um, all of our different churches. There's a couple kinds of confession I want to talk to you about. The first is to God. You confess to God and he forgives you. Confess your sins to God. He's faithful and just to forgive all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There are those of you today, you're going to call out on him and he is going to forgive you. There's another type of confession. You confess to God for forgiveness. You confess to people for healing. Confess your sins one to another, James says, and pray for each other that you might be healed. At all of our different churches, God is going to move many of you to do different types of confession. I'm going to ask you today just very simply, you admitted you lie, I lie, you lie, we all tend to lie. The reason we do is because we're believing the lies rather than believing the truth. If you want to be closer to the truth, if you want to believe the truth, if you want to be a person of truth, I hope this is every single one of you. If you say, that's what I want, God, help me to, to know what is true so I'll be a person of truth and the truth can set me free. If that's you, would you just lift up your hands right now? Just all of our different churches. God, I thank you for a group of people hungry to walk in truth. God, we admit and confess that we do lie, we deceive God, we thank you for your grace through Jesus, your forgiveness. I pray, God, that for our church, that, that we would know you intimately, that we would grow in the grace and the knowledge of your will and goodness, God, that you wouldn't be an idea to us, going to church wouldn't be what we do, but following you, pursuing you, knowing you, God, is who we are, followers and disciples of Jesus. God, I pray that as we get to know you in your word, and in the context of a broader Christian community in our life groups, God, that we would be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus. God, that our minds would be renewed with truth and the truth would set us free. So God, instead of going through life going, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie, God, we're gonna go through life saying, we're gonna know you, we're gonna know you, we're gonna know you. And God, because we know you, we won't be as tempted to lie. God, help us to know your truth, to live in your truth, and let your truth set us free. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, um, I wanna just go back and say it again. I don't want anybody looking around, but I want everybody to listen carefully. Again, I am concerned that there are many people who are lying to God and even lying to themselves, thinking, hey, I, you know, I'm probably okay with God because I try to be a good person. Let me tell you right now, you don't know the truth. We're not good people. Scripture says that we've all sinned. We've all sinned. Lying is not a good thing. We, we all fall way short of living the perfect life. Here is the good news. No, the good, the good news is you can't get there on your own, but God in his love and mercy did something for us that we did not deserve and could never earn. God sent his son Jesus, who was without sin, to be the perfect sacrifice for us. He died and he rose again so that anyone, listen carefully, and that includes you, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no how much you're living a lie, anyone who calls on his name would be saved, forgiven. If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There are some of you, you may claim to even know him, but you are not obeying him. Scripture says, if that's you, the truth is not in you, and you're a liar. Today, the good news is, you don't have to be a liar. You can admit, I don't know him not serving him, I'm not following him, but I want to turn to him. And when you do, he will forgive every sin and he will make you brand new. He'll fill you with his spirit so you don't have to live on your own. 
That's why you're here today, and you know it. All of our different churches, those of you who say, yes, I want to give my life to him. Yes, I need his grace. Jesus, save me. Today, I turn my life over to you. That's your prayer. Lift your hands high right now. All of our churches, lift them up high right now. Leave them up. I just want to acknowledge you up here, both of you close to me, both of you gentlemen here in the middle section, ma'am right here, others of you right here. God bless you guys. Over here, sir, and sir right here. Another young man right here. Praise God for you right back over here. Sir right here, God bless you. Way over here in this back section, right here in this middle section. Others of you right here, sweetheart, ma'am right here, sir right up here. Praise God for you. Church online, you click right below me. Way back over here in this section. Wow. Others of you back here to the back say, yes, I need his grace. Yes, I want to follow him. Yes, I want to serve him. Way back over here on this far side up against the wall as well. Others of you say, yes, that's my prayer. Would you pray aloud with those around you? Pray, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me, and he rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you with all my heart. Be my truth. Truth set me free. Today I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Live Church, would you worship loud? Would you worship big? Would you celebrate? Welcome those born today into the family of God.